Okay, so we are in 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read this to you, and it's a little bit of reading, verse 7 through 19. Now, what's interesting about this, this is the disciple John. John had a very unique relationship with Jesus Christ. John was at one time a very fiery, hot-headed, quick-to-anger, punch-you-in-the-face type of guy. That's what he was like in the beginning when he first met Jesus. When he first got called to be walk with Jesus and, and be a disciple to learn discipleship under the tutelage of our Lord, he was a very fiery dude. As a matter of fact, a star for anybody who can give me the title of James and John as they walk through the towns. Sons of Thunder. And if you can give me the other name for that. Yes. So they were fiery. They were the type of people when Jesus was walking through the town, the people didn't want to hear Jesus. He said, hey, let's burn this place down. Call down fire from heaven on them, Lord, and let's tear this place up. Let's just, let's just burn it down right now. They don't want to hear you. Let's take them out. That's the kind of guy that he was in the beginning. That's what he was like. And they were known to be fiery like that. You know, you can take a person that has a lot of zeal like that. I'd rather have a person that's highly motivated than somebody that's not motivated at all. Because you can, you can train a person and bring them down and the love of God began to work on John as he began to develop his relationship with Jesus Christ. The more that you're around the Lord, the more like the Lord you will become. Especially after you get born again. If you're not changing, if you're not noticing a change, if you're not becoming more and more like Christ, then you don't have a real relationship with Him. Because you have to change. You will change because He's inside. The Lord looked at the two and said, listen, you don't know what spirit you're of. The love of God did this. Listen to this. And now this is John, the one that wanted to burn down the town. This is what he's saying right now. Listen to this. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Listen very carefully as I read this to you. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Now we're going to talk about the love, the word love used right here in this particular context. This is not lustful love. This isn't conditional love. This is divine love. Or as the Greek calls it, Agape love, the highest form of love that there is. So be very specific when it says love one another, agape love one another. You have to love one another in God's love. You cannot do it without being born again because you are not born with that nature. You are not born with divine love. You do not have divine love until you get born again. You cannot do this and achieve this in a natural state before you have been saved. Understand that very clearly. That's why people who read this who are not saved that come to church, they, they can't get what you're saying. Because they can't love people past the human love that they have in their heart. The conditional love that says, I will only love you, Elaine, if you love me back. That's man's sort of love. 
Man's love is tainted with all kinds of different things in it. It's full of lust. It's full of con- conditions. It's full of situations and, and circumstances. It's full of all that. I'm, I'm only going to love you and have a good time if we go on vacation somewhere. I'm only going to feel this way about you if you feel this way about me. It's so very conditional and conditioned on all sorts of technicalities and gray areas. If you have the love of God in your heart, you will be able to do what John says in this particular passage. And we're going to talk about this. So important to have this. Listen to this. He says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. The very essence of God is absolute agape love. That's why people who come into God's presence feel an overwhelming, we talked about this in our Bible study, You feel an overwhelming sensation of perfected love. The kind that you're not used to feeling in this world. And it's called the Shekinah glory of God when God's glory comes upon you in this way and God's full essence is detected by your soul. It sends you into a different kind of a mindset. I've been there. I have felt that. To the Jewish folks in the temple, when, in the Old Testament, when God would show up in the temple, it was like a cloud and it was the Shekinah glory of God. And it caused everyone who was there to fall down on their face and worship God and begin to cry out and to hold their hands up and say, thank you, Lord. I love you. Praise God. God's presence was there so heavily. It, it, it demands that from you. You cannot help but to do that. That's the Shekinah glory of God. Listen to this. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. There's no way to have Jesus Christ in your heart and not love. If the only difference between you and a pit bull is lipstick, then you've got a problem with your relationship with God. Right? Listen to this. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, colon. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us first and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Thank God that the essence of God is love, agape love, because it was that love that sent His Son to come and to rescue us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He is in us. Colon. He has given us of His Spirit, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. What has happened in you when you come into true relationship with Jesus Christ, when you're a Christian, it should compel you to tell the world that Jesus Christ is alive and well and is the only Son of God. 
There should be a compulsion within you. A need to tell people. You see. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. This is not just you sitting there going, yeah, I believe in Jesus and believe He's the Son of God. Because the devils believe in that and they are not saved. Demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God and they will testify to it. But they are not saved. Can I get an amen? There are demons in the Bible that when they were, are being cast out of people, they look at Jesus and they say, what do we have to do with you, O Son of God? But let me tell you, they're destined for hell. So it's not that that John is talking about. It is a heartfelt acknowledgement from your soul you testify that Jesus is your Savior, your Lord, the Son of God. And so we know and rely on the love of God as for us, has for us. God is love. Well, this doesn't sound like that dude that wanted to burn down the town, now did it? Do you see the transformation that I'm talking about? This was the dude that wanted to burn the town down because they wouldn't listen to the preaching of Jesus. This is not the same guy. Can I get an amen? That's what you should be like. John is not a superhero. John was just as much flesh as you are. John was just a human being. John was not an X-Men of God. Alright? He was just like you, just like me. Called to be an apostle, not a superhero, not a superman, not a Batman. He is just a man. But you can see the transformation that has taken place in this dude that was so violent, that was so fiery-headed, that was so hot-tempered, and he would, he would smack you right now, if he could, in the beginning, in his relationship with God, then he got saved, and now he became known as the disciple of love. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Man, he just can't get off the topic. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. And perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or his sister is a liar. Whoa! Because perfected love... Now listen very carefully to me. Let me read this statement again to you and let me teach you. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or his sister is a liar. The reason why John can say that with absolute authority and why I can back him up in this is this. When you are loving with your love, yes, you can hate a brother or a sister. 
And you can hold a grudge. And you can hate forever. And you can be so mad and so hateful in your love. But when Christ is in your heart and you are walking daily with the Lord and you are walking spiritually as a Christian, you can't hate your brother or your sister. You can't. Because the perfected divine agape love of God will not allow it. The love, I'm telling you, the reason why John so spoke so much of love is love is the single most powerful thing among human beings. It causes forgiveness. It is the cause of, of righteousness. It is the cause of marriages succeeding. It is when, when people tick you off, when you get married or you're in a relationship and someone hurts you, it's love that pulls you out of that. Because if you try to make it with your love that's conditioned, you will hate the person forever. And if you can't hack it, get your jacket. That's what you'll say. That's why so many marriages are failing today. Because let me tell you, if you're looking for the perfect person, hang it up. They're not there. Everyone wakes up with bad breath. They ain't there. Are you looking for the perfect guy? He ain't there. I mean, look at me. I've got a six pack. Some people say this is perfect. Julie is laughing at me right now. I can't believe it. You know, I'm feeling the shame. It's more like a keg, I think, Tom. Tom said, yeah. Let me tell you, the guy in the magazine that you lay your eyes on, he's probably got some crazy hang-up. And you won't like him a month from the time you started dating him. The girl with her yoga pants on that runs down the street every day will spank me on the back of it. Not that I look. is not perfect. All those people that Americans make icons out of, they're all freaks once they get to Hollywood. They start off normal, then they become freaks. Trust me, there's no perfect person. It takes love to make every single thing work. The power of agape love makes it happen. You can love for a lifetime. Only if you love with God's love. This is why the Scripture talks so vehemently about people who are unequally yoked together. What that means is one person has God's love and one person doesn't. One person's saved and one person's not. Two people start off together, one gets saved and goes to church and then it turns into a nightmare at the house because the other person can't see, why do you want to go to church all the time? Why do you want to pray all the time? Why do we got to do this all the time? I want to go here. I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to go get drunk. I want to drink some whiskey. I want to do my drugs. I want to go over here. I want to do this. And you, all you want to do is go to church. That's because one person has perfected love and one person doesn't. One person has the nature of Jesus Christ and one doesn't. 
And so now you have this issue, and this is why perfected love will make that marriage work because the Bible says the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse, and God will help, help them make that marriage work until one or the other gets saved. Listen to this. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And that's where I'll stop. Man, someone sent me an amen already. So what we're seeing in John is the disciple of love. Bow your head with me. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to give us wisdom as we walk through the word together, Lord. To help us to understand John, to see John, to understand the word that he's preaching to us. And we thank you for all the goodness, mercy, and grace and ask your blessing on every person here. And God, we ask you to guide us and lead us into the love of God in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I want to make it perfectly clear once again that you do not possess this particular nature that I'm speaking of as a human being pre-salvation. You don't have it. And if it sounds like I'm talking to you about something foreign and strange, it's because you don't have it. If you've ever experienced... The, this is the difference between Christianity and any other religion on the planet called earth is the born-again experience. No other person, no other religion can produce this thing. Anybody can say, I'm deciding I'm going to be a Christian and I'm going to start going to church. I tried that before I got saved, Jason. I had, I had, we had just started off and I said, we're going to go to church. So I was going to make myself a Christian. I couldn't make myself a Christian. And everything that those people talked about, I just couldn't go along with them on it. They wanted to do this, and they wanted I just couldn't do it because it wasn't in my heart to do it. I didn't have the love of God in my heart, and I was trying to act like a Christian without being a Christian. I was still, I was just as much a sinful pig as a pig was in a barnyard with a bow on its neck. It's just no different whatsoever. You can't be something that you're not. And the only way to experience what I'm talking about is you must give in to the love of God. Once you experience this love, this tremendous love that God has for all of us, you will never be the same again. You will never look at life again the same way. You will look at people differently. Your life will radically change for the better. People look at Christianity today because it is so tainted by all the false prophets out there and all the people that preach prosperity and name it and claim it, blab it and grab it and all that other stuff that goes on out there. Christianity, will, your, the love of God will make you better. It will make you tremendously better. You will love more. You will love your spouse with God's love, not your love. Therefore, you will love them more. You will love your children more. You will love life more. You will love every situation more. You will love the earth more. You will love air that you breathe more. You'll love the food that you eat more because the love of God is compelling you to love, love, love. It will make you a stronger person at your workplace, at your home, within your family. Things won't tick you off so bad. 
When the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine, the reason why is it's so much easier to face problems with joy in your heart, which the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's so much easier to face issues and problems and and things that goes on with joy in your heart than, than with this humanity that you have wrapped around you that says hold a grudge and hate them to the end. Trust me, love will bring you out of that. Love love will make you love the kids that drive you nuts. They'll make you love the child that's in jail. They'll make you love your family that mistreats you. They'll make you love your workplace, even the people that you work with. And I prayed for them daily when I was working, even those that I knew were stabbing me in the back. Because perfected love can do that. Your love can't do that. And you have to live the love of God in every situation in your life. You've got to unleash God in every area. You can't keep Him caged up. John talks about knowing God. The first thing that you understand and know about God is that He loves you. Because the true essence of God is love. For God so loved. God doesn't send anyone to hell. You do that yourself. We talked about this a Sunday or two ago. The condemnation spoken of in John 3, 17 and 18 is the condemnation of not believing in the only begotten Son of God, the name of the Son of God, and therefore you're condemned already. God doesn't condemn you. You're condemned because you don't believe. That's the condemnation. But God's all over here trying to love you to Himself. Trying to pull you to Himself through the love that He has for you. It was love that drove Him to the cross to endure the physical torture that He he endured for a world of people that did not want Him. It was the love of God that did that. It was the love of God that kept him standing there without calling from legions of angels to come and wipe the planet out as they whipped him with the cat of nine tails. It was the love of God that drove him to do that. It was the essence of love when people were mistreating him, killing him, deserting him, denying him that they ever knew him and cursing him as Peter did. Jesus loved him anyway and went to the cross and we're here today because of it. It's the love of God that did that. It was the love of God that sent him from the royal halls of heaven to a dirty, wretched earth full of evil and spiritual filth only to recover a soul that was marred with death all over it. You and me. Love did that, man. Love did that. And the love of God in you should be reaching out to other people to bring them to the house of the Lord so we can get them saved and get them filled with the love of God. That is how you change your community. You don't burn it down. You get the love of God in it. Back in the day, D.L. Moody in the the 1800s, they called for him to come up and preach revivals in old factories where people were having family problems, where there were sick leave issues and they couldn't get people to come to work. They called D.L. Moody to have a revival and they made their people go. 
People got saved. People got delivered. And it totally, radically changed the workplace. And they became productive. And people stopped calling off. And people were better workers. And they had a better work ethic. And they loved each other. And all of the, all of the processes of filing grievances went down. All because people loved each other. Oh, I would that the workplace would be like that yet again. It was love that compelled him to feed a, crowd, a crowd of upwards to five to ten to maybe fifteen thousand people who were there watching Jesus and following him around simply because they were hungry and they needed something to eat. His compassion and love for you goes beyond your understanding. Because he is looking at you with that love, and he sees you not as a as, as a as a condemned person with his finger pointing at you, ready to mark you off the 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 the, the books of life at every mistake you make. He wants to love you and show you that he cares about you, even when Satan tells you that you're not saved, even when Satan tells you God's not there, even when Satan says, if God was here, then why are you feeling like this? That is all the devil, folks. And you need to know that God's love is bigger than that and wants to lift you up. He wants to save you and your family. Save me from what? Just to make me a better person? Like Joel Osteen says, that false prophet? Give you this best life now? No. But to save you from the condemnation of a fiery pit that wasn't designed for you. John, who became known as the Apostle of Love, understood this love. He understood it. He was exposed to it. And he began to see it. And then when in the upper room, he got filled with God's Holy Spirit and was born again. That's the difference maker. Jesus said, listen folks, it's extremely important for you that I go away. The Comforter that will then come. He's not going to come while I'm here. This is still a physical ministry under the law. But the New Testament, the New Covenant will come in which the Holy Spirit will invade your heart. And you won't have to follow from a distance. You won't have to follow God by sight. You won't have to follow God by keeping ceremonies and saying a few words and going to a temple and sliding beads across something. No, you will have God in you. How could you go wrong? It's amazing the people that does not want a relationship with Christ. Why would you not want that? He's your Creator. He's your Maker. He loves you. Gave Himself for you. Why would you not want that? Why would you not submit to that? Submit, I tell you. Surrender, I say to you. Come to the altar today and give up your hardened heart to a God who loves you. Why would you deny that? Only the most wretched would look at a holy God and say, I love sin more than you, Jesus. No. I love something more than you, God. And I'm not going to give it up for you, Jesus. I don't want to give it up. I'm afraid 
serving you might take something from me that I enjoy. Do you know how many people have said that to me over a 30-year ministry? Do you know how many people have said that? I don't want to, I don't want to be a Christian. I'm not ready to be a Christian yet because they know that it's going to make them change. They don't understand that it's not a problem to change because God does it divinely. It's not nothing that you have to, it's not three steps to being saved. It's not some, some thing you join and you get a certificate at the end of your journey. God saves you and comes into your heart right now. Boom! Right now. At your call. For anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no steps to being saved. It's right now. But people love their alcohol more than they love the idea of God. They'll take their chance with going to hell because they love their pornography more than they love God. Number one thing, problem for men in the church is pornography. I believe the statistics were somewhere between 60 and 70% of all men that go to church dabble in pornography. Women are less than that. But they're, they're right there. You say, well, I don't do such things as that. Have you looked upon a person and lusted after them? Have you in your heart and in your mind created evil thoughts? Then you're condemned to. Just as much. Do you realize this? I want to tell you something. I want to make this very clear to you so that you understand the law was given to us to show you that you can't follow it. You hang them Ten Commandments on your wall, Look at how many you broke today. It's there to show you you can't do it. You need a Savior. That's why. Okay? Do you know that for we'll use a guy, for the guy that secretly goes and sees his mistress is no more filthy and dirty than you who thought about it. I want to say that again. The act in the eyes of God is no different than the thought. So for all of you who say, well, I've never done that. Oh, yes, you have. That's why you cannot point the finger at any single person and say, you're guilty of this because you are too. And I can say for a surety that in this place right now, every person in here, has committed adultery or fornication because you have had it in your mind and that's all that it took. So don't think ugly of a person who you go to church with who gets caught in the act. You know what you should do to that person? Throw love at them and understanding and build them up and help them to recover because you're just as guilty. Crazy, isn't it? That's how God sees this thing. His love overcomes these things. The love of God is bigger than your sins that you commit. Bigger. Way bigger. It's the single most powerful thing on the planet. The love of God gives you the wherewithal to not give up. To not be filled with anxiety. To not be filled with depression. 
It gives you a proper perspective on life that brings you hope and joy and peace because God loves you and makes you see things differently than you would if living in the natural way of man. John repeatedly calls for Christians to love each other and rely on God's love. There is nothing worse than a person who says they're a Christian and will hate your guts and are the meanest people you've ever seen. I pastored a church full of them. I'm going to tell you, this church was full of old people that didn't know God and claimed they were Christians and they hated each other and they hated me and they hated God because they said they loved God but they were the most meanest, despicable people you've ever known in your life. But God loved them. And they needed the Word. And I stayed and I preached it to them for years. Some got saved. And as to my knowledge, some did not. Folks, I don't know how you can come to church and not be affected. I had one man who came to church for 60 years 60 years and was not saved, was a trustee, had served on the board, made decisions in the church, taught Sunday school, and was not saved. When I question the people, sometimes I'll go around and I'll ask people, tell me about your salvation story. You should have one. Tell me when it was you got saved. Because... If you say, well, hmm, let me think about that. Well, then you're not. Because you cannot mistake Jesus Christ coming into your heart. If you have to think about it and contemplate, hmm, there's something wrong. I said to this brother, I said, who I thought was a brother, I said, tell me about, well, I said, how do you know you're saved? He says, because mommy told me. I did that cartoon thing. I, 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 I was like, what? Mommy told me I was saved, so I... She just said, because I always come to church, I'm alright with God. I said, do you know what it means to be born again? Well, ain't it just following what the Bible says? Folks, 60 years coming to church. 60 years. Listen to me carefully. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. If there was something you could do to achieve right standing with God, do you think God would have sent His Son to die that death? No. He would have just looked at Elaine and said, or Tom and said, or Julian said, just go do this and you'll be fine. He would have never sent Jesus to be bludgeoned, beaten, crucified, mistreated if you could have just done something. If you could have just come to church. That, that totally negates Jesus' life. That is a doctrine, as the Scripture says in the book of Timothy, that is a doctrine of demons. 
You must be saved by the love of God. You must acknowledge Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior in your soul, meaning it. Surrender. Surrender your heart to Him. Surrender your life. You must lay it down and He must be your Lord and you must submit to the hand of God. A lot of people have problems with authority. They don't want to be told what to do, Jason. They can't do it. They think they run their life and they think they're capable and therefore they will not surrender to anything. I say to you, Feel the love of God. Reach for His hands and be saved. And let Him pull you to Himself. How can you come and not feel God's love? How do you resist the love of God? All He wants to do is love you. I'll give you my word as a pastor. All He wants to do is make you better. All He wants to do is make you love more. All He wants to do, listen to me, is give you everlasting life. He wants to give it to you. Not charge you, but freely does He give. You don't earn it. You don't buy it. You don't achieve it. You don't, you don't get it through success. God supernaturally gives it. To a surrendered soul. Stand.